Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. As many of you know, just two weeks ago, my brother-in-law, my partner Darren's brother, took his own life. It has been a shocking and a devastating loss. Creighton Jensen was a loving father, son, partner, brother, uncle, and friend. He was a very dearly beloved brother-in-law to me. His death and the manner of it has reverberated throughout all of ours and so many other lives. Like the ripples cast from a pebble tossed into a still pond, the waves of shock, grief, anger, guilt, and heart-wrenching regret that continuously emanate from that act of self-death seem to have no end. They reach the edge of the water only to return to the center, joining new waves of what-ifs and if-onlys. Like a rip current, these waves are all-consuming, dragging us down and presenting a real threat to our well-being and our sense of direction. The answer of how to survive such a human tragedy and how to prevent a similar one is to say yes to life. It is to say yes to life in all of its glories and triumphs. And even more so, to say yes to life in all of its disappointments, betrayals, and devastations. As we continue to come to grips with Creighton's untimely death, and as we have communicated it to our large extended family, time and time again, we have encountered people and points in time where a hand up or a phone call or a email or even a note might have made a difference in how Creighton viewed this world. And more importantly, how Creighton thought that this world viewed him. And that is the first lesson in how to say yes to life. Don't wait for the phone to ring to tell a bereaved friend or loved one how much you loved their deceased or how much that person meant to you. Pick up the phone, pick up the pen, type the email. Say yes to life by telling those who matter most in your life how much they mean to you. Look for those broken and fractured relationships in your life. And for the ones that matter, make amends. Reach out 
for reconciliation. Say yes to healing, to love, to reconciliation. Now, I do not say this to imply that any one person or any phone call or interaction could have changed the outcome of Creighton's mighty struggle to live in what was for him a hostile and unforgiving world. That world, coupled with our current economic crisis, which imperils most greatly those who have the least to lose, created a perfect storm of adversity that Creighton was simply unable to overcome. Even with his courageous and valiant efforts to remake a life that had been torn asunder by alcoholism, physical disability, and a lot of consequences of unhealthy behaviors and unlucky breaks. It is so tragic to those of us who loved Creighton the most that his self-death would come nine months into his recovery from a lifelong struggle with alcoholism. So much of his and our motivation for him to become sober was so that he could lead a rich, full, present, and conscious life so that he could know how much he was loved. Yet, just as that era appeared as if it might be dawning, the unconscious and harmful behaviors of his intoxicated past conspired to keep him from achieving a full, self-sustaining, and productive recovery. Like so many who struggle with alcoholism and addiction, Creighton had acquired a spotty and not always flattering employment history, especially in the later years of his addiction, and particularly following a life-threatening motorcycle accident and the heartbreaking and acrimonious divorce that followed it. So as Creighton stared down over three decades of alcohol abuse and its consequences, he mustered the strength and courage to undertake the 12-step program that held the most promise for him and to emerge on the other side as a healthy and whole person. And he was making great strides in that effort. Unfortunately, our world was not able to recognize or accord any worth to those efforts. Because Creighton had been arrested and convicted of driving under the influence, he had a criminal record. Moreover, his driver's license had been suspended. In spite of all that it took for him to achieve and maintain sobriety, our world saw him as a criminal without the dignity of the average person. Therefore, in our world's eyes, he was unemployable, of questionable character, and considered too much of a risk to be a tenant in a decent living situation. It is so painfully ironic that just as he had overcome perhaps the greatest struggle and challenge in his entire life, 
Our world was typecasting him as a hopeless criminal and a person not worthy of a second chance. At the moment of perhaps his greatest battle and accomplishment, all those in the outside world could see was an ex-con, a loser, the weak link in a chain that could break at any moment. Friends, there is something so very wrong in that scenario. The consequences of it have crushed a 16-year-old daughter, devastated an elderly father forced to identify his eldest child's body for the county coroner. And it has cast recriminations and deep regret through and amongst all of us who loved Creighton. There is nothing that we can now do for Creighton. But there is much that we can do for ourselves and for this world in which we live. There is much that we can do in our own lives to ensure that the conditions that conspired to lead to Creighton's suicidal despair are not repeated and replicated in ours and other lives and recoveries. We can do this by saying yes to life, by saying yes to our own lives, and yes to the lives of those with whom we come in contact. As we learned in our reading this morning, what we are, we have reached because of other people's planting. The thoughts, the values, the ideas, and the feelings we possess are articulate because we have been the recipients of knowledge, kindness, love, and understanding. Because of that, we must have the faith in life to do wise planting, that generations to come may reap even more abundantly than we. We must be bold in bringing to fruition the golden dreams of human kinship and justice, that the fields of promise might become fields of reality. What this reading is telling us, my friends, is that we must say yes to life. Indeed, the reading is in part a roadmap as to how to say yes to life. The morning I returned to California to be with Darren and his family, only some 12 hours after we had learned of Creighton's suicide, I was shocked to discover Darren preparing a lesson plan for the twice-weekly reading lessons that he teaches as a volunteer at our county jail. I told Darren that no one would ever expect him to drive the long drive to the jail and to teach adult literacy to his assigned prisoner that night, especially given Darren's raw grief and anguish. I offered to call the jail to let them know that Darren would not be teaching that night. He steadfastly refused. He told me one of the things that had kept Creighton from making it sober was his criminal record of DUI arrests. 
and that had kept him from getting any job offers at all. Darren was going to take this time of tragedy to redouble his efforts to make sure that his prisoner might come out of jail with a skill that would make him a different person from who he had been when he entered jail. That Darren's student might get a better chance when he got out than Creighton had. Darren was certain that working through his own tragedy might plant the seeds that would inure to his prisoner's benefit when it was time for him to return to society. That, my friends, is saying yes to life. Darren took the fresh lessons from his still unfolding tragedy to work through and with his own shock anger and grief to do something that might prevent his tragedy from befalling his prisoner student. Darren took that moment in time as an invitation to make a difference in the outcome of another person's life, a person with whom he had no other connections or interest. Darren took that moment in time to say yes to life. And saying yes to life is not always easy. It is not always being happy-go-lucky, chipper, or even perky. Saying yes to life may at times make us giddy. But I fear more often than not Saying yes to life compels us to engage with that which scares or hurts or diminishes us the most. Inspirational writer Kay Snow Davis says, when you were born, you said yes to life with the fresh breath that you took into your baby lungs. And you are still saying yes to life with each breath. As you grew up, there were mounting numbers of no that, no's that came from all directions in your life. Some delivered with the best intention to keep you safe. Then there were the no's that affected you from an experience of diminishment, disrespect, dominance, defiance, etc. The no's may program your conscious choices and behaviors and bury the yeses of your heart, your breath of life. We seem to focus on saying yes to life at its birth and at its end. Yet it is truly all that happens in between those bookends that is most important. That is the part we are most able to influence and affect. We do that by saying yes to all that life delivers it, delivers us. We do it by living into and learning from each disappointment, by accepting our losses to make room for their unbidden blessings. We do it by building on each small victory or unexpected delight. We do it by loving and accepting and saying yes to it all. 
The Sufis say yes to life by being grateful to God, Allah, for whatsoever happens in their lives. Demanding anything from God or complaining about anything is not prayer. One must be totally silent with a heart pure of any desires before prayer can take place. Prayer for them is utter acceptance, a resounding yes to whatsoever life bestows. This is the way of turning obstacles into background props, accepting the obstacles and acting head on without anger, resentment, or that nagging question, why me? Instead, saying yes, yes to life. And we, my friends, are facing something similar right now. As the time of my leave-taking approaches, just two weeks from today, many of us had hoped to mark my final weeks with joy and celebration in spite of the sadness at its ending. Now it seems that a cloud of grief will also be a part of our reality, especially for me and Darren. What we hoped might have been times of joyous celebrating may now be times of quieter reflection with the focus on gratitude for the wonder of our all having come together in this place. Let us accept this cloud of grief and allow it to be an invitation to our knowing that our time together has been all that more precious especially given the precariousness of this life. It is fitting and right that my last sermon at Arlington Street Church would be a call to action, an invocation to say yes to life. This is a faith community that offers so many ways to say yes to life, even more so this is a congregation of yes-sayers. May you always be yes-sayers. May we always be yes-sayers. And may life always say yes to us. May it be so.